You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702 Afternoons. With Relebohile Mabuta. Live. Online. Smartphones. The 702 app. DSTV Channel 856. 92.7. And 106FM. Our food feature for today, we're talking Clico Restaurant. But you cannot talk Clico Restaurant without speaking about Clico Boutique Hotel. So joining us for this conversation, we don't just have the executive chef in studio with us who brought us some delicious treats to enjoy. We also have joining us on the line, Janet Schwegman. Schwegman, please help me pronounce your surname. <laughs> Yes, that's correct. Ah, okay. That's correct for Ah, yes. Thank you so, so much for joining us. And also in studio, we have Chef Dario De Angeli. I have to say it like that because, I mean, you're Italian. And the moment somebody knows a, a chef is Italian, we know the food's going to be good. Must be, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. So, um, Janet, maybe just... Um, um, st- uh, Take us back um, to the beginning of the journey of how did Clico Boutique Hotel come about? So we opened in 2006. Um, so it's been quite a long journey. Um, and then added on the restaurant in 2018. So it's been an absolute privilege to have Dario at the helm um, since November of last year. And he's created amazing memories, uh, excuse me, menus for our guests. So what what was the inspiration behind opening a boutique hotel? Because it is, it is a lot of work. And some people might think, well, um, if you only have nine rooms, it can't be that much work. It actually might be more work because you're working with a smaller team. Yes, it's quite a challenge. A smaller property is exactly what you've just said. I was working in corporate and I decided that I wanted an exit strategy. Oh, um, you're using my favorite words because so many people say I want to leave my job, but then they don't actually have a plan. Yes, no, and I wanted something. I'm not, I love good food and wine and I had traveled quite a lot with my job. And I couldn't believe how poorly designed many hotel rooms are. Mm. So I thought, what a lovely combination to create a beautiful space with well-designed rooms and then have this lovely restaurant that gives great food and wine. So people come to Kiko for the experience. Um, when you come through the gate, we really want you to take a deep sigh and just really enjoy and revel in the peace. It's a little oasis in the middle of Rosebank. People say they can't believe they're in Rosebank when they come into it. Yes. So what was it that made you choose that specific space? Because if you say that, you you know, you discovered hotels are not necessarily designed very well, how did you pick the space to say, okay, this could work? And how much work did you have to do in terms of transforming, uh, transforming the space? Yes. So I sought out properties. I looked for about six months and then walked into the front gate at Clico. It was a residential home at the time and it spoke to me. I knew that this place has got soul. Um, It's a lovely property, beautiful established gardens. And I renovated the house over an 18-month period. And then we opened in July of 2006. And we've slowly grown and expanded by a conference center in 2010 and then the restaurant, as I say, in 2018. 
So when um, your brand new executive chef, Dario, joined the fold in November, what was your brief to him? Because obviously if a, pers- if a chef comes into something that's existing, there's some things that you want to maintain and keep and uphold and other things that you say we kind of need some, you know, a breath of fresh air. Mm. So we've been through quite a challenging time through COVID mm. and so forth and lots of staff changes for various reasons. And when I spoke with Dario, I've known Dario for many, many years from his own beautiful restaurants that I was a client of. And I just said, the, the plate is yours, literally. Um, what I want is I want great food, consistent standards. And I want people to leave here feeling that they've had a wonderful experience and good value. So other than that, you do what you want to do. And what he has done in the short time he's been with us is nothing other than exceptional. So, Dario, when you when you got the brief that was given to you, um, which was practically this is your space, did you feel like you wanted to just start from scratch something brand new did you use the physical space itself to get inspiration as to what cuisine should a person be eating in an environment like this or did you come in with a i've always wanted to do this and i never got the chance this is it (laughs) when i got there the property really spoke to me you know Mm. it it was really really lovely it was just it was really nice and i saw so much potential in the property for being able to do a whole lot of different things inside there so I didn't want to, I wanted to make it an evolving project. I didn't want it to just be something that I came and changed some menus and then it just carried on like that. So I wanted to keep evolving and keep changing, keep utilizing the different spaces and that for different eating activations and that sort of stuff. So really for what, when I started out, all I wanted to do was just create some kind of consistency and just start some, somewhere, have a little foundation Mm. to start on and then build on it like that. So when you say keep evolving, um, what do you mean? Do you mean like seasonally, seasonally, if I don't even know if that's a mm-hmm. word, as in like with every season you're going to kind of feel, okay, I'm inspired by the figs now because they're in season and you're doing that? Or by keep evolving, is it that you're just keeping it fluid depending on what you inspired by at that time and that maybe you might just add something new to the menu or have a different special that's not even on the menu? No, I mean, I think anybody who cooks should be um, should be looking to change seasonally anyway. So it shouldn't be like a motivation because of a season change. You should be using what's a, you know was available to you at the time, kind of thing. What's in abundance, like that. Yes. I mean, more about the keep evolving the eating spaces, mm. keep evolving the the style of what we serve, keep evolving the the product kind of thing. You know, that's what I want to keep doing. There is just keep rolling around with it, and 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 you know, it might today be what it is like that, and then we might turn it into another concept style restaurant mm. six months down the line. We will introduce introduce another eating style or something like that will introduce another eating space inside there take away it's got that it's got the ability to be able to do that so you can really play around so yeah you know i think what happens is a lot and i say this from many years of doing this kind mm. of thing i think a lot of places end up just stagnating kind of thing because all you yes. have is just you know a dining room and tables and chairs kind of mm. thing but if you can if you have a lot of different spaces that you can do different things in, that's when it starts to become quite exciting Talk to me about what you what you mean uh, uh, when you refer to eating spaces and eating styles, and maybe just for the purposes of myself and the listeners, use our homes or a, 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 a standard restaurant as an example of 
if you say eating spaces, do you mean like today we'll eat in the dining room and tomorrow we might eat outside Absolutely. and maybe tomorrow we're actually sitting on the grass? Absolutely. That's exactly what I mean. And, and that's exactly what we're going to do there. So you, there's no necessity why you have to come back to the same table that you sat at for breakfast and come back and eat this at the same table for lunch and eat at the same table for dinner. You know, you don't do that at your home. I think you made yes. a classic point. So, you know, you might have breakfast at the kitchen counter in the morning, but then dinner is in front of the TV on yes. the couch or, you know, outside at the bribe by the swimming pool or something like that. We're going to do exactly that. You know, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Different eating spaces, different styles of food. So like Valentine's, for example, we've got two different um, sort of uh, offerings that we have on the night. The one is going to be styled on like a, a nice fun um, kind of paria style where it's going to be flame cooked food and stuff, almost like a little tapas bar. So for people who are serious about Valentine's but don't want the whole sort of you know, uh, I don't know, like the, the exclusivity of Valentine's, yes. put it that way, kind of yes. thing. Um, and then we've got the dining. They don't want the pressure of should I be proposing tonight? Yes, yeah. <laughs> a or, little bit more fun. Or more importantly, the pressure of have I booked a good enough dinner tonight that keeps yes. me in the relationship tomorrow morning, kind of thing. You know? Yes, yes, <laughs> you yes. Know? So, but then we've got that offering as well, which we're going to have inside the dining room too. You know, yes. so we'll 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 have both of them. They that we've we've got our package that we're doing for for sleepover guests and that as well where they they come in they have uh, champagne they then have a massage they then um, have um, you know some cocktails and canapes then they have their dinner and they can choose to have their dinner around the pool where we're going to be showing old movies and there's music and all of that kind of stuff or they can have it outside their balcony on the hotel room and that you know, so we really try and make it as much as personal as possible, you know, like, and that's, I think that's the exciting part about this is that you've got all these different spaces that you can do all these different things with. So, um, um, Jeanette, just from your side, in terms of what, I mean, you've already mentioned that Dario has really brought so much and I can hear in how he speaks that he's not just speaking about food. You speak about eating spaces, eating styles, which maybe um, chefs are, are limiting themselves to just listen Make sure the tablecloth is white so that my food can shine. Um, Jeanette, on your side, I mean, what what have you sort of asked for creatively? Because being somebody who's had the space as long as you have and being exposed, having traveled, are there things that you also kind of go out and see and say, oh, my gosh, I, I saw this amazing thing in Greece. I want to try and incorporate it into the space. And maybe that inspires Dario to put it on the menu. My main thing with Dara's extent of his experience, um, you know, I'm not a hotelier and I'm not a restaurateur. Yes. So my my um, gift that I have been received through Dario is that he comes with the experience and the most incredible creative mind. So I've eaten at Clico several times, obviously, over the years and even more so since, since Dario started. And I'm just tremendously proud with with what's been put out. So no, I don't I don't interfere at all. It literally is his space to do with what he wants. And as long as the guests are happy and getting value for money, that's really then I'm I'm a happy person. How do you actually manage the balance between creativity and business? Because some creative ideas are phenomenal, but you know, like the Titanic was very expensive to shoot. Um, and, and other, other times you have to actually be creative with what is already existing and what you have. And you, you've spoken, of course, about the fact that so many businesses went through a tough time during um, all the COVID restrictions. How did you find that balance? And then how did you keep the business alive? 
So if I just talk a little bit through COVID, um, I have been putting my money aside for my son's education and I cashed that in to make sure that the staff were paid. So your, your poor um, son is stopped going to school because of... <laughs> your son no, missed out on high school because... <laughs> it just means that mom's got to work a little bit harder to make sure that everything is covered. But the, my main priority, we've got the most incredible staff at Clico, and um, I was really in, in a, a bind as to what to do. But I didn't retrench anybody, and mm. I made sure that everybody was paid, and I was very blessed to get the TURF fund as well, so that helped a lot. Yes. And then, you know, in terms of your question on the creativity and the balance, um, I think somebody who's as experienced as what Daria is, He's got it right in terms of making sure that there's exceptional cost control and that the standards are there and consistent. And then it's balancing that business discipline with the creative ideas. Um, he, he has a gift in knowing what it is that people are going to love. Yes. So I think I think that question is possibly a good one for him to to ask. I, I'm actually well. coming straight to him. How do you find good. the balance? Um, because sometimes our, you know our favorite ingredients are not necessarily in season, or maybe there's a shortage, or suddenly there's a war in Russia, Ukraine, and um, those things that you want are not there. How do you find that balance of withholding certain creative? desires just to make sure that things fit within the budget well i mean i come from a business background i've owned my own businesses and that so that's Mm. uh you know that's where that's the first thought that i have you know is it economically feasible to be doing something like this i mean it doesn't make sense for me to have a wishlist menu of lobster and caviar and foie gras and all of that kind of stuff because nobody can afford to eat that and i can't i certainly can't afford to stock that so you know i try and you you got to have a little bit of excitement and stuff, you know. But I think you got to be very practical when you do these kind of things, you know. Um, so, I look at it: uh, have one or two lobster tails or something like that on your menu, or lobster tail type dishes. But you can't have it all. You can yes. have something on the next menu like yes. that, you know. So when when we're, we're thinking creatively, that's that's kind of how I think, kind of thing. You know, have a few teasers on the menu, and hopefully the next one, you know, we'll be able to have some more teasers on it, kind of thing, you know. And that's that's how you do it. You don't, you, you just you just can't have everything all the time. Yes, yes, definitely. And then maybe share with uh, all of the listeners, and I'll share some of the things I got to enjoy. Uh, such a delicious piece of duck. I'm such a big duck fan, and I've never. I tasted it prepared in those type of flavors. Um, you also had a seafood dish, which I'm going to ask you to explain <laughs> to all the listeners because I didn't get an opportunity to taste that. You brought some yummy treats in the form of what I just saw as like <gasps> deconstructed pavlova, and it just was so yum. Uh, the producer basically ate all of it by himself and excluded us because, and he's still like, bring more. <laughs> and then those yummy chocolate truffles. And um, Tell us a little bit about the menu that you presented today. Um, so, I mean, the duck side of things, the duck has been one of my favorite things to cook all the time. I just, like, I absolutely love cooking duck. I really do. I don't know why. I just find it such a versatile meat. I really do. So that was a salt cured duck breast, which was pan seared, and it was done in a sort of gochugang style um, uh, fiery chili sauce, uh, sort of Korean sauce with um, some sunflower shoots. And you had a springbok, which was glazed in um, hoisin and seared. Yes. Oh. A little hibiscus gel on top of that and cumin and coriander seeds to go with it. 
Um, and then your dessert was exactly that, a deconstructed strawberry pavlova kind of thing, so or berry pavlova. Um, yes. We made it little Italian meringues, which we um, flamed um, to give them a little toasted marshmallow kind of flavor to them. They had homemade berry uh, uh, pastels with them, and then the fresh berries as well as a little bit of coconut that went with it, I think, as well. I was on that, possibly. I can't remember, but yeah. So, so yum. Um, and uh, then some chocolate. Yeah, chocolate. Cho- chocolate's always a winner, so yeah. What was that... That chocolate thing I I said to you was just like wow. So like it's a sort of chocolate fudge cake kind of thing, but it's just done with with chocolate and butter and more chocolate and more butter inside it kind of thing. So is it more dark chocolate? Yeah, all dark chocolate. Okay, yeah. all dark chocolate, and it was really really like rich, absolutely. Rich. Listen, don't eat the whole day if you're going to be going to this Valentine's special, which, um, as you've already explained, I mean, parts of it is what you describe as the fire pit of love, which is the more <laughs> relaxed <laughs> night where... <laughs> Forgive me for the names I put on those menus. I was menus. about to okay, say, is that, are those your names that you put there? <laughs> but it so goes with, with the theme because... You've got your open fire tapas and starters and then the cocktails that go with it, your fire cooked mains, so mm. that makes complete sense. And then, of course, your desserts. And then for those that want to sit down and be a little bit more serious, the six stages of, of love. love. I, <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> love it. The first one being the invitation. Well, there were, there were ten stages to love, but I didn't, think, <laughs> I didn't think I could put in the last four because they include breakup and stuff as well. So I didn't think that was very good for Valentine's. So I just went with the first six. <laughs> Listen, Jeanette, I think you would agree with me that he should have included the other four stages because the breakup feels like maybe the dish is some uh, sugar glass desserts that you have to like smash shaped like a heart but inside there's a prize and that's the makeup so i'm i'm all for the 10 stages of love jeanette why should the listeners come through and spend the night when they come there well i think you've heard it all on the radio from the from the descriptions that have been given um it's just going to be the most magical experience there's different places to eat there's around the pool is in the restaurant, there's down the bottom near our function room, which is a beautiful area with trees, and the food will be outstanding. So what better place than to come into Kiko, which, by the way, is named after my favorite bubble, Zub Kiko. Oh! In case we got famous and France tried to sue us or something. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like getting your name on the map by somebody trying to sue you. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think there's lots of reasons to come to Kiko. And if not for Valentine's, then for a Sunday lunch or Thursday night dinner, date night. Mm. Yeah. Listen, lots of, lots of reasons to join us. You guys can head over to uh, Clico Boutique Hotel on Instagram. Their website is clico.co.za. You'll see all of the links about the hotel. They've got function and event space as well. And of course, you can book for Valentine's Day. And if you're curious about the stages of love, because I was just so excited about the 10 stages. So the first is the initiation. Let's meet for a drink. Experimentation intensification integration bonding and then romantic love the everlasting kind so yo we need to find ourselves there some people also need to find a person before they book or can we find a person there (laughs) (laughs) final thoughts on why we should come and dine well i mean i 
I'm really enjoying the spaces that we have there kind of thing. So I'm really trying to make them all different and, and just, it's a magic, magic space. It really is. I just have to say, it is so quiet, so tranquil, so peaceful. It just like, it's exactly the kind of place where you want to go and sit and have long, lengthy lunches. So that's all I can say. <laughs> that is the Clico restaurant. Thank you so much, Chef Dario, as well as Janet.